to Stories Matter, the podcast created to provide a safe space and a platform to tell our stories. Our stories are unique, and we should own them, embrace them, and share them. Our stories are not a thing in the past. They're part of our experiences that continuously shape and influence our reality. I am your host, Emily Francis. And I hope you find a story here that connects with yours, because stories matter. Hi, and welcome to Stories Matter. I am Emily Francis, and I want to first thank you for taking your time to tune in with us and be inspired by stories because of course stories matter and I am so excited to start this podcast where we will be sharing stories of persistence and journeys that will get to your heart and soul. I want to start episode one with my immigrant story. And I want to start there because I do believe with all my heart that my immigrant story is core to what I do, how I do it, and why I do what I do. And let me just start with this wonderful quote by Tara Martin. In her book, she says, It takes a lot of courage to expose parts of our identity, but it is often the parts of our stories that are the hardest to share that makes us who we are. They are what makes us real. And that's exactly why I want to share my immigrant story with you. And I'm hoping students, and other listeners will relate to this story as well. I am Guatemalan. I was born in Guatemala and lived in Guatemala for 15 years. From 1978 to 1994, I learned how to love my country, how to embrace my culture, how to learn my language. My mother had me when she was only 16 years old. She married my dad, Carlos Enrique Corcuera Moscoso, at the age of 15. I was born when she was 16. She tells me stories about how they met, and they're fascinating stories, how they loved each other and they wanted to be together but things didn't work out. So my father and my mother, Leslie Aixa Bonilla Collier, started on her own with me. And now my sister, Leslie, she's my second sister. We're both from the same dad, of course. My dad did not want to recognize my sister because my mother had already left him. But it's life. So my mother started working and sustaining us 
and making sure that we had everything we needed to have in order to survive. She ended up having five children all on her own. After Leslie came Lisbeth, after Lisbeth came Gabriella and Abner. I, of course, being the oldest in the family, oldest, the oldest of the siblings, I was kind of stuck with doing everything that had to be done around the house. You know how it is. Hispanic culture, you're the oldest, you kind of have to do that. But I was okay doing that. I loved helping my mother. I can see, I could see how hard she worked countless hours in order for her to provide and give us what we needed in order to survive. I would be home cooking meals, changing diapers, preparing bottles, giving the kids a bath, getting them ready for school. If I was not home, then I was at a market. My mother's business consisted on traveling to the coast and bringing to the city, whether it was oranges or cauliflowers, and we will sell them al mercado, in el mercado, at the market. I will sit around with my basket full of goodies and I will help them sell those goodies in order for us to have enough money to pay rent since we never owned our own home or at least buy food for us. I remember us not even having running water. My sisters and I will each grab a bucket and we will walk a few miles to the arrocera to a farm and ask for some water, clean water to bring to our home and we will carry it over our heads and try not to spill the water so we can bring it home. We had the essentials to be able to survive, but it was very difficult. A single mother with five children, she did what she could for us to be able to have what we needed to have to survive. But things were getting really hard right at the end of my 13th birthday when my mother had to make the hardest choice of her life and leave Guatemala and come here to the United States to work and make money for us to have a better life in Guatemala. The choice of me staying with my brothers and sister was really not a difficult choice because I had already done it for so many years that it wasn't really hard for me to take care of my sisters and my brother. My brother was only three years old. I knew I could handle it. At first we tried to stay with different caretakers. My mother found different people to take care of us and we all five were scattered all throughout. But it was very difficult to be away from each other. We can see how we were all struggling with the people who were taking care of us. Some of us were experiencing physical abuse and verbal abuse. so. It was just better for us to come together, so my mother sent enough money for us to build a shack. And if you go to my website, you can really see the pictures of a shack that we built. It was just big enough to place in a couple of mattresses, a stove, and just the essentials to live. We were happy because we were all together. We didn't have much, but we had each other. 
My mother was here in the United States undocumented. She made it here with false documentation. So the jobs that she was able to do was just any job that could be like cleaning or taking care of uh, older people, making just the minimum wage. But she was sending us money so we can have food, we can have new clothing. So from 1992 to 1994, I stayed back home as guardian for my brothers and my sisters. It was very difficult because, hey, I was a teenager. I liked to have fun. And believe me, I had some fun. I left the house a few times and have fun with some friends. But I knew I had to come home and continue taking care of my sisters and my brother, cook for them and do whatever it took to help them survive. I had a lot of friends and people around us telling us and pointing our fingers and saying, forget it. Your mom is going to forget about you. Once she makes it to the United States, she's going to make her own family. She's going to be with, forget about you. And you're going to be left here with all the kids. We didn't believe that because we knew who my mother was and we knew the sacrifices she had done and was doing for us. We kept writing to one another. There was no Facebook then or FaceTime to be able to talk and see each other. It was all handwritten notes that we will send and she will send back. We knew she was working for us to have a better life. But in 1994, 1993, November was, the time when we had to make a choice of having my mother go back to Guatemala because it was just getting too difficult for us without her. But and then we started thinking, wow, two years wasted of being separated, of suffering without being mom to just have her come back and continue living the way we were before. We just couldn't do that, but we couldn't be without my mother either. So someone put a little bug in mom's ear about bringing the kids here to the United States. Now, let's go back and think. Remember, I just shared with you, we didn't have anything. (laughs) We didn't have any property or any money for us to just walk over and ask for proper documentation for us to come to the United States. So my mother had to start looking into hiring a smuggler, what we call a coyote someone that you would pay a certain amount of money for them to bring you to the United States undocumented. And so she did. She paid, saved enough money and, and paid someone to bring us here. Oscar, my little sisters and my brother's dad, did not want the kids to travel to the U.S. through a smuggler. So he took a and brought the kids here. He had the financial means to be able to do that. So he took the kids, picked them up, and brought them here. So by December of 1993, the two kids were here with mom celebrating Christmas and enjoying the United States. But for my two younger sisters and myself, the journey here to the U.S. was a completely different journey. It was filling in a backpack with just the essentials that we can fit in. It was thinking about what was going to happen with us traveling with someone we didn't know. There was a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear 
lot of excitement too because we knew that this person was getting paid to bring us here to the United States. I didn't know anything about this person that was picking us up. They knew our names and we knew their names and that was it. So I remember standing in front of our little shack with our little backpack with a couple outfits and pictures and some souvenirs we wanted to bring along, holding my little sister's hands and telling them, let's just hold on to hope. Hope that this person is gonna stick to their word and take us to see mom. And so we get in that vehicle that November of 1993. And from that moment on, until January for two months, my mother heard nothing about us. We couldn't call her. She couldn't call the houses where we were. We were in different houses anyway. We never stayed in one place. We always traveled from house to house, from place to place, and we saw people going in and out, people who had paid and were also holding on to hope to come here to the US. Every day for two months, we would wake up hoping that that was gonna be the day we were gonna come here to the US to see our mother. We rode buses, trains, we walked, taxis, and a lot of different transportation. We made it all through Guatemala, all through Mexico. And we even experienced some time in Mexico. We experienced the culture, the food. We stayed there a few days. I remember one day walking around New York, um, I'm sorry, Mexico City and looking up at El Angel de la Independencia, this iconic monument in Mexico. And as a 15 year old looking up and asking what am I doing here? I'm supposed to be in the United States, not here in Mexico. Well, little did I know that that moment and that experience was gonna come back and help me a few years later, but I'll share that with you another episode. So it was November, it was, no, it was January 23rd, 1994 when we received a knock on the door and saying, put on your best outfit because today we get on a plane to go see your mother in the United States. And of course we get our best outfit and we get ready to come see our mother. That promise that they had made was finally gonna come true. We get on that plane from Mexico City to New York City and my mother received the phone call that they were gonna we were gonna arrive in New York City and all she had to do was go and pick us up. Finally, the funko she was waiting after two months and we make it to the United States. We're so excited. We present our documents to the immigration agency and I don't know if it was something they saw in my eyes or maybe the documentation was just so bad that they quickly noticed that we were undocumented that that was not a proper documentation and they pulled us over and the questioning begins what are you doing here what do you want here where's your mom you need to go back to your country 
and you know as a 15 year old and my younger sisters as kids all we had to do was just cry and beg and ask to please let us stay in the United States with our mother that if they would have sent us back to Guatemala there was nobody there and we needed to be here with mom we spent hours and hours of questioning they wanted to go and get mom and send us back all together we knew it was all done when they started taking fingerprints for us to get deported and we see that gentleman that brought us here handcuffed and being dragged out of the room we knew it was done we knew there was no turning back when all of a sudden we see these two ladies come in the room speaking English and pointing to us, pointing to the immigration agency agents, agents. And all I can see was that they were advocating for us. And this one of these ladies ended up being my grandmother who uh, lives here in the United States. And as an American citizen, she wanted to come up to the airport and claim us as her family members. And as an American citizen, she was able to do that. Of course, back in 1994, things are so different than what they are today in 2020. I don't think it would have been that easy today than how it was in 94, but we were able to sign some paperwork and take some fingerprints to stay here in the United States as legal residents because my mother was claimed by her mother and my mother claimed all of us. And the paperwork began for us to be able to stay here in the United States with a green card with a legal permanent residency here in the United States. That evening, we went all the way. It was a winter cold night in New York City. Uh, there was snow everywhere. We were so excited to see our mother. We hugged, we cried, we talked forever. I think we stayed up all night just drafting and thinking about what we were gonna do with our new life and you know that passion and that persistence and that motivation that we had was just so important for us to um, to make it here in the United States and that's it that's the evening where my life began here in the United States and you know now that I'm thinking about that journey and my experiences as a legal guardian with four kids in Guatemala and my journey through Mexico and without being my having my mother all of that experience so rich and so important I didn't embrace and I didn't understand how important this journey was going to be to the work I do today Please stay tuned for my next episode when I share with you what happens the very next day that I came here to the United States. And I share with you my experience as an English language learner and my experience here in high school. Thank you so much for tuning in and I really hope this story connects with yours. Or if you know someone 
who have experienced something like this and you'd like to share it, please do stay connected and keep sharing stories because stories matter. Bye. Till next time. Thank you.